Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. If this is your first time here and you receive some value from the show, please do us a solid and and, uh, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Tell us what you like or what you don't like. We really appreciate your feedback here. And uh, if you haven't heard about our uh, private Facebook group that we got going on called The Profit Club, go check it out. You can go to hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club to learn more about it and how we help contractors in their business. Eric. Before we get started here, I want to actually tell you a story. Let her, Is that all right? Yeah, let her rip. So a couple of years ago, before I kind of figured this out, I got a call to, to bid on this job, and it was for an, an elderly, sweet elderly lady. And I go out there and meet with her, you know, do the free estimate thing, and told her I would put some numbers together and get back with her. And uh, and it, this wasn't like a you know a big house; it was a pretty modest house. So. I go back and I start working on the estimate and I find out during this process that there's another contractor that's bidding on this job as well. And so at that time I needed some work. My schedule was getting a little bit light and I needed to get this job sold. So I do the estimate I come back, you know, it's all said and done and it's, it's uh, comes back at $15,000 for this job. And I'm like, man, I really need this job work. And you know, this other contractor is probably going to come in cheaper and he's probably going to get the job. So where can I save some money? You know, well, if I, if I bust my butt and I do this, you know, I could probably save, you know, 500 bucks here. And if I maybe don't get as much of a markup, you know, I could, I saved a little bit here. At the end of it, I, I knocked out about $1,500. And I was like, you know, that's, that's as low as I can go. So I submitted the estimate and I actually won the job. So I was super pumped that I got this job. But then I found out who I was bidding against. And you know this person. I don't know. I don't know anyone in Indiana. I know. I mean, not by you. I know a couple of people in Indiana, you know, in our group. But what do you, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I found out that the person I was bidding against was me. <laughs> it was myself. <laughs> Dude, I hate working for sweet old ladies. I hate it. I know where you're, I know where you're going fun- with this. I hate working for old I ladies. The- Jeez. The funny thing is that she probably had twice as much money as I do. She's probably a millionaire. Dude, I work for meatballs all the time. You know the Adam Sandler movie when he does the piano lessons and he gets paid in meatballs? Like, that's that's what I I think of that every single time I go to a sweet old lady. So if I can hear over the phone, over the, it's a sweet old lady's voice, I'm like, I don't even want to go to this job. I don't even, I don't, I don't even <laughs> want to go here. I'm going to lose so much money. So you you just started negotiating with yourself, and you you yeah, un, you I'll, undercut yourself. Basically, yeah. Have you ever done that before? So many times, I've literally, I've literally negotiated myself out of thousands, tens of thousands, probably in my old age, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've negotiated. You know, I, I'm I, oh, I like it. I'm negotiating for the client. Like they're trying to talk me down, but they're not talking me down. I'm just talking myself down. That's so annoying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not even asking you like, hey, can you, you know, we're tight on funds. Can you help us out here? Like no one's saying anything like that. 
no conversation was had about trying to get this price down. They weren't complaining about it being too expensive. You literally just do it against yourself. It's the worst. I've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. So much money. And then you find out afterwards that, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, that's much cheaper than what we thought it was going to be. You're like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. And we all do this. I've talked to hundreds of contractors and they all have done this at some point. If they tell you they haven't, they're bullshitting, lying to you straight to your teeth. Especially when you're first starting out. I mean, that's the worst. Yeah. Right. Because when you're first starting out, like you just need points on the board and you're like, I just got to get this job. I don't care. You know, it should be 6,000. I'll do it for three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it also comes without, without studying, without understanding, you know, simple sales techniques on phone calls and stuff like that. Like it just, and knowing your numbers that, that I think what happens is like a lot of contractors, they don't know their numbers. They feel like this is a lot of money because they would never spend 15,000 on a little remodel like that. They they wouldn't afford that. So in their mind, they're, they start thinking like they're the buyer and then they, they automatically know that the, the price should go down when they have no idea. Right. And then so they just start taking money off. They don't even really know how it's really affecting their bottom line and just how much profits it's taking from their company and their from their family and from their livelihood. Yeah, well, I mean, we we all make assumptions, right? I mean, we're making assumptions of they can't afford this much or they don't have this much money or it's a sweet old lady. She's probably on Social Security. You know, we just make all these assumptions around why they're not going to pay this much money. And then we negotiate against ourselves. It's horrible. So, I mean, I think we, we've kind of defined what it is. But uh, the topic of this podcast is basically about bidding against yourself and why it's costing you thousands of dollars. So, you know, like we just described, it's basically whenever you go do your estimate and when the estimate's all done, you start negotiating against yourself. You got a number, it's 15000 You think it's too much money. You try to go in and cut out how you can do this or save money using this material and blah, blah, blah. And you get it down to, you know, $1,000, $2,000, whatever. And then you submit your estimate. You know, on the backside of that, sometimes you can do that if you present the number and then the customer says that's a little more than what we were, you know, wanting it to be. Is there anything you can do to, you know, can you make it any better? you know, whatever. And so then you go back on the back end and you start negotiating against yourself on how you can do it cheaper. Well, there's a little twist there because if in fact it's over, then you could potentially start to talk about scope of work, right? So there's the real trick. If if you give them the number, they said, that's more than I expected. Uh, what can we do? We can, we can play with the scope of work and maybe not put as many lights in the ceiling or maybe, you know, not put as many lights in the pond or whatever. So now you can have a conversation and then it becomes a negotiation, a little tug of war, right? The worst thing is when you start to like, you have good and evil on your shoulder, right? You know, the good guy, bad guy on your shoulder, the whole thing, like the bad guy is, starts negotiating. It's you, but for the client, right? So that's that's the whole thing about it. So there's the difference. It's because you, if you start negotiating, you're going to try and give them the scope of work that they want. And you're thinking like, well, I got some materials left over from my old job. You know, it's kind of already covered. So I'm just going to throw that in there. I won't have to come out of my pocket so I can save a little. 
but you know that that should be turned into profits right so that's the real twist between that is is now we can pull back on scope of work potentially and have a conversation yeah i mean that's what you and i do now and what we teach but you know prior to understanding that we would just take money yeah. off yeah yeah you know it was just okay well i guess i can uh, i just won't make you know Instead of making 50%, I'll just make 25% gross profit, not realizing that your overhead is 30%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you actually just lost, you know, $2,000 by doing that job. Listen, like if this granny, this sweet granny gets me on the phone, I like, if I'm talking to her, sometimes I, I literally, literally just want to write her a check for $1,000. Just like, what, what's your name? What's your address? I'm going to send you money. For, I'm going to send you a $1,000 check and you can call someone else. That'd be better for me, actually, if I instead of me coming to work for you. I mean, that's how I feel about that sometimes. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that completely. There's a great quote. I don't even remember who said it. If you guys know, let me know. I'll give them credit. But this was the best thing that I ever heard of talking about this. And it's don't run your business like a charity. Run your business so you can be charitable. Yeah, I love that one. You told me once. I, I really, that one. That one etched in my heart right there in a big way. I love that one. So if you have the sweet old lady and you want to help them out, do it for free. You know what I'm saying? Don't discount the job. Do it for free if that's what you want to do. If that's your charity that you want to commit to, do the job for free on a Saturday or whatever. But don't say, I'm helping them out by, I'm doing air quotes. Nobody can see I'm doing it, but I'm doing air quotes. I'm helping them out by discounting my my total because they just can't afford it. That's not helping them. That's not helping them. That's actually hurting you. I want to tell you a little then and now story. In the now, but what I would have done back then, but what I did this time, if that makes sense. After I understood the profit sales system and how to communicate with people and and really standing firm on, you know, what our company needs to be healthy, profitable, you know, take care of itself and and sustainable, right? Long-term, long, long-term sustainable, running my company profitably so I can be charitable, like that mentality. So I go to this home. It was a paid consultation. It was like an inspection to see what's going on with the, the leaking pond water feature. It was a mess. She's in trouble, right? It's an old lady. It's a, it's a sweet old lady. And I'm like, oh my God. So I, I go to the sweet old lady's place. I literally pull up in the front yard. There's a beater old truck parked on the lawn, like paint peeling off it. I, there's not, I couldn't even see a good vehicle in the place. There's a blue tarp on the rooftop. Like her roof is leaking too. Her pond's leaking. The roof is leaking. And I'm looking at this house like, oh my gosh, you know, like I got a picture before I went. I knew that this was like a big ticket repair. It, was, it wasn't something simple, right? She greets me out front, takes me around the side of the house. We start going through the back side of the house. There's all these recycled cans and, and recycled bottles. Like she's saving her pennies to like go return the recyclables. And I'm just like, oh my, what? Like all these emotions are hitting through me. We head into the backyard. We're, we're looking at the pond. I make a couple simple repairs real quick. And she's like, I just need this totally fixed. And I'm like sitting here going like, what about your roof? What about the, you know, are you going to pay for this with cans? All these thoughts are going through my head. Back in the day, I probably would have lost money. I would have just, I would have done the job. 
I would have been frustrated. I would have been upset. I would have been mad at myself. I would have been like, I don't have money to pay the bills, right? Because I don't, I'm just I'm doing this for free. And I just remember, you know, talking to her and being very authentic and genuine and like, hey, this is, uh, this is a big deal. This is not as simple as you might think. Anyways, I give her the number and it like, it was a lot of money. It was probably like five grand. And I just told her, you know, it's, this is a $5,000 conversation. And she has this big old heavy sigh. Like in, and in the past, if I would have said, here's my number, and they would have given me the heavy sigh, I would have been like, well, you know, like it's a lot of work. And, you know, if like, well, maybe if I can do it after hours, I can save you a little bit. And, you know, maybe if you pay me a little cash, I can knock some money off. Like I would have just started negotiating right then and there just from the heavy sigh. But I just stood my ground. I this like was compassionate, tactical empathy. And she's like, okay, well, it's got to be done. When can you get it done? When can you do it? You know, I, she didn't try and talk me down. She wanted it done. It was more important to her than her roof and getting her. I don't know if she paid for it with cans. For all I know, she did. But the old Eric would have stolen from my family, would have, you know, it, it just, it would have been a bad deal for me back then. And I don't know how she's doing, but I know her pond's running really, really cool. And she's really pleased. And I'm pleased because my company is profitable and, and sustainable. Yeah. And when you get that, when you actually charge what you need to charge, now you have money to be able to give back and do charitable things. I know I talked to you this past weekend. I think you were donating money for some horses or something. Or yeah. We went and bought, we, um, I got a deal on some horse feed. We bought like four pallets of, of, food and we took it to all the horse rescues and my wife's crying and shit. It was amazing. Like I have goosebumps telling you this and I didn't know, I don't, I don't remember telling you that. I think it was a, yeah, I do remember now, but it was amazing. Like it was and like the people are crying at the other end. We're like giving out this food and stuff. Those things are really special. And if I would have, that's my yeah. point though. You would not have been able to do that if you kept cheating yourself on every yeah. job that you and do. And my wife, cheating my wife, cheating the horse rescues, cheating those things that we love. Uh, it was a special moment. So, yeah, that's exactly my point is that you're running your business so that you can be charitable. You're, you, it allowed you to give back and whatever is important to you, mm -hmm. right? I would not give to horse charities because that's not important right. to me. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not what's important to me. So... I would rather take money that I am owed for doing a service and then I can donate it back the way I want it to be spent. So versus cheating myself for a sweet old lady and I'm not getting anything out of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm not benefiting from that by, by stealing for myself and then giving that discount to her who probably doesn't even need it. Right. It's almost, it's almost like when you go to, when you go to the grocery store to target or whatever like that. And like, they're like, Hey, do you want to donate a dollar to the starving children in Africa? And you're like, what? You know, like, no, like they look at you like, Oh my God, you're a fucking horrible person. You know, like, well, no. So like that, if you donate that dollar to that grocery store or to target or the big box store, they get that as a write-off and they take your money and they donate it on their behalf instead of your behalf. I mean, it's almost like doing that. I mean, that's what it crossed my mind when you said just what you said right there. Like, no, I don't want to donate a dollar to starving kids in Africa. I'm going to, I'm going to take the dollar and I'm going to put it where I want it to go. And maybe it will go that way, but not through you. It's going to go through my heart, not your tax write-off. Exactly. So, 
I mean, I think everybody we everybody understands like what it means to bid against yourself, right? What I mean, the obvious is you're going to make less money, but I don't think it's what's so obvious is that it hurts you exponentially. It's a compounding effect if you're doing this on multiple jobs, right, and you're shaving five hundred thousands, five thousand, whatever the scope of the job is. That's compounding over days and months and years. So you're not just losing money on one job. You're losing it compounding over the time. If you if you took discounted $5,000 on an $80,000 job, you discount $5,000. You bid against yourself. You knock $5,000 off. You get the job. You don't get that $5,000. What could you have done with $5,000 even if you just invested it in a stock market, a mutual fund? Yeah, I mean – it's it's endless. It's endless. What what you know, what could you have done for, you know, your local community? What could you have done, you know, what kind of classes could you have done for your kids? You know, in got them in a private school or taken them to some kind of sporting event or put them in jujitsu classes that you couldn't afford otherwise. But the problem is the real problem is a lot of the contractors that we're speaking to, they don't have extra money to do those things. And the clients that they're working for typically do. That's why they're doing these, you know, fancy ponds in their backyard and remodeling perfectly fine bathrooms and kitchens and stuff like that. Like these people have expendable money. A lot of the contractors that we deal with, they don't have that kind of expendable money and and they're cutting that away from themselves. And there is a way to do it and communicate cleanly with these customers and take this weird mind shit off of your mind like the, the it's all in your mind you're you think there's a problem and there's not yeah well it's definitely a mindset you know i hear already hear the arguments now yeah but eric brad i wouldn't have gotten that job if i didn't take five thousand dollars off of it right right that's you know what that could be true could be. that actually could be true but because you took that job at $5,000 discount, you passed up the one that was a $100,000 job that had even more profit available. Without a discount. Without a discount. Well, I don't get that many leads, Brad. You know, so this one I really needed. You know, like there's always going to be these excuses, you know. Excuses are like assholes. Everyone has one. So for whatever whatever reason, they're going to come up with one. But see, like the person that says like, well, I probably would have lost that job because that guy's always, you know, the guy that I was bidding against, I know him, he's always cheaper than me. I had to match him, otherwise I wouldn't have got the job. But the thing is, if you study and you practice and you you learn how to communicate with customers, it's amazing by just simply the way you talk to people, the rapport that you build is is better and you stand out and be, become more desirable than your competition and people are willing to pay you the higher ticket because you get them, because you listened, because you asked the right questions. And if you don't do any training, you don't do any studying, you're never going to break out of that. You got to break out. There's definitely skills that you have to develop to learn how to talk to people. And those skills will help you in these situations where you're standing out amongst the other contractors if they are bidding against you or you're bidding against them because you're going to be different. When the customer's talking to you, you're going to sound different. You're going to, you're just going to, you ever like notice someone like walks in a room or just seeing walking down the street or whatever. And they just have like this glow about them. Like they just, you're like instantly attracted to them. Not like 
in a uh, sexual way, but you're just like drawn to them and you're like, wow, this person is like, just has this aurora. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, there's like a little bravado, some, you know, like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's basically what you do when you learn how to start talking to customers, because you are going to come to the conversation full of confidence and ask, you know, the right questions and you're going to stand out amongst everyone else. And here's, here's the thing that why this is important. A lot of contractors, especially new ones, believe that the price is the most important part of this, of the negotiation. And it's not, it hardly ever is. It's usually number three, sometimes number two, but it's almost never number one. Not saying it's never, but almost never is price the number one reason why someone hires you. That spins back to the way some of these contractors that have been doing it for so long, they can't afford to do certain things that they would like to do. See what I'm saying? And so it it becomes a mindset circle. They just keep going back and back and back. And so it's like they have to break through that to be able to be confident and get the money that they need. Well, it's pretty simple concept. It's not necessarily easy to implement, but it's pretty simple. The next time you have a bid to do an estimate and you're starting to negotiate against yourself, you get the estimate done and that that little thought in your head, this is too much money. They're not going to pay this much. Just stop and submit the estimate for the original amount that you figured it for. (laughs) That's, That's all you have to do. You don't have to like psych yourself out. You'd literally just once you have your thing figured out and you have it right, you have your numbers, then you just send it. You just hit send on your email and that's it. Or even better, I got a better one because this is this is maybe really the breakthrough. Add 500 onto it and then send it because you, even yeah, better. you were getting ready to take 500 off. You know, grab your balls, add 500, send it and they're going to go, let's get it done. When can you start? And then you're going to realize it's like, I was going to take off 500 Eric told me to add 500 and I still got the job. You know, like that's really when you start to break the mindset right there. Eric, have you ever bid on a job that you didn't want to do? And so you bid it really high and then they accepted it? <laughs> accepted the offer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How's that any different? Yeah, it's not. Like you literally bid it for like 60% GP. You're normally at 50 you bid it, you know, add extra thousand dollars on there or whatever it is because you don't want to do it or you don't have time or whatever the situation is. And then they accept it and you're like, crap, now I got to do the job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe I should hold off on this story, but I think there's some relevance here. It's really, really kind of important. I didn't want it to come off poorly as if I was taking advantage of something, but a client out of state wanted wanted me to come out. I bid the project and I thought, you know, I could be profitable. This is going to cover my hotel rooms, this, that, and the other. I felt like it was, I felt like the number was good. I mean, this is like a $60,000 project out of state. My whole crew flies out. This didn't even include plane fare and everything. All that was being covered by the client, you know, separately. They were going to handle it. And I'm looking at these numbers and I'm just like, do I want to be away from my family? Do I want to be from away from the ranch? I'm going to be gone for a little bit. You know, this is... I don't know if this makes sense for me right now in my business. Um, I added 10000 to the job, submitted the bid, got a call immediately. And I was kind of nervous. Like, he's, you know, like, why is this so much? Well, can't we work something out? And he was like, 
Eric, the number's perfect. It's exactly what I thought it would be. I'll get your plane tickets all handled. Submit all the names. Like he just went straight into like, we're buying. And I was just like, holy cow. Like now, so here's the interesting thing is like, one of the reasons I did that is because I was uncomfortable about, you know, doing a job that far away. If there was any warranty work, you know, like just to get on a plane and take a guy or two to go handle some warranties, you know, could have been really put me upside down. So there's a, there's a heavy risk involved there. And the crazy thing is the client was so thrilled. I mean, the client and I, we still talk, you know, everything's cool. He sends me pictures of bald eagles kicking by his pond. I mean, it, like it, it was a really amazing experience. And for me, doing the job, I felt so much more comfortable. I, I know I delivered a better product because I was like, this is more than I thought I, you know, I needed and I got it. And I'm just going to deliver like the most kick-ass product ever. And so that was a, it was a really rewarding project, not only from my team and myself, but for my client as well. Yeah, that's a great story. I think you've shared that with me. Not, I don't know about the 10,000, but you shared that story going and doing that pond with me. You know, there's one other thing here that I want to touch on. A lot of contractors don't even know their numbers, right? They don't truly know like what it costs them to be in business. And so if you take that and then you, on top of that, you subtract money from an estimate, you literally could be losing money by going and doing that job. It's one thing if you're going to make, you know, $5,000 gross profit on this job and you knock $500 off. That's one thing. But if you bid this job thinking you're going to be profitable and you go and you actually look at your numbers and you are $500 in the hole, you know, of even being profitable, and then you take another $500 off, now you just lost $1,000. So that's a whole nother issue as far as knowing your numbers. But it's so important that you should, you know, negotiating against yourself. And and one last thing I would throw out there, and I've said this even with consultations, you can always take money off, right? If you bid, if you turn in an estimate with a customer, and they're like, Eric, we really, we really love you. We really want you to do this job. So and so came in; they were five hundred bucks cheaper than you. You know, could you? potentially match it, match their price. We want you to do the work. Now, I personally would not come off my price. But if you need to put food on the table and this job is going to, you know, put you through the next month to pay your bills and everything, even if you take $500 off, you can still do that. You can take the money off. I could say, you know what, Eric, I can't do 500, but you know, if I took $300 off, you know, would that work? My point is you can always take money off the table, off your estimate. You can't ever add it. I can't go in and say, Eric, oh, sorry, I gave you the wrong number. I need to add $2,000 to that estimate. I mean, you can there, and that's a, whole other, that's a whole other situation. But in this situation, it's easier to take money off if you have to. I'm saying that I don't want you to do that at all. I don't want you to ever take money off. But I'm saying is that if you have so much anxiety around sending the estimate at that price that where you need to be at and you normally would have negotiated against yourself, send it anyways. And then if you get any kind of pushback from the customer, you can still take some money off. My point is I just want you to take action and do it. Yeah. Listen, on knowing your numbers, that's really critical because one of the tightest construction companies I know, I've learned a lot of stuff from, they have targets for what they want to make for net profit. 
like, you know, good net profit, right? And then they have bare minimum net profit. And then they, they actually know where they will not make any money. They know like down to the dollar. So this company has pretty high targets. They know like they want to make a really good gross profit on projects. And that's what they target. Now, if they know they're bidding against other contractors and they know like the, the salesman has to be kind of tricky or they're getting other projects that they know they can go from the, their super high target gross profit or net profit, I should say, on the job. And then they can pull it down to like their minimum target that they want and, and they can they can sway the job so they can literally the sales, all the salespeople on the team could go, hey, this is a $15,000 job is like my perfect net profit for the job. But I know that if I do this job for thirteen five, it's still my my minimum gross profit that we need for the job, net profit. You know what I mean? So they really have that flexibility in the way they do their estimating. But the thing is, the only way they can do it that way is by knowing their numbers inside and out, upside and down, back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. That's a whole nother podcast though. So I think we kind of nailed it here on um, bidding against yourself. And so guys, if you're doing this, please, 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 please stop doing this. You're stealing from yourself and from your family by doing this. So don't do it anymore. Figure out what your numbers are, what you need to make in your business and stick to that number whenever you submit it. And you're stealing from the the people that you want to be charitable to. You're stealing from that. You know, you're stealing from your own heart is really what you're doing there. And uh, you actually, you just hit, you hit on something so gold. I, I got to follow up on that because that's something I totally forgot about. And I'm glad you said that because when you bid a job right correctly, you can deliver the the product without any issues. When you take, when you negotiate against yourself and you take $1,500 off the bid and the job runs into problems that maybe is your fault. And so you can't bid, the, you know, charge the customer extra for it. And then you get down to the last couple of days to finish up and you know, you got that situation where it's like, I have to get done today or I'm going to start losing money, right? And so what do you start doing? You start speeding up. You start cutting corners. You start trying to figure out ways to get the job done faster. Because if you go into the next day, now that extra $1,500 that you, you know, took off the job, that would have been a cushion for you to be able to finish and still have the profit. And so now you're delivering your deliverables to that customer actually go down because now you're trying to stay under your cost instead of forbidding it what you actually needed to get it for. Yeah, I mean, and there does need to be cushions in there. You know, that was the cushion on that big project out of town. You know, I mean, I would have came home if there was a problem, I would have jumped right back on a plane and gone out there and handled it because I had the cushion. If I didn't have the cushion, I probably would have jumped off a bridge. You know what I mean? Like if there was a problem, thankfully there wasn't. And here's one last scenario. You bid a job for $10,000. It goes, everything goes perfect. It's the perfect job you've ever done. And when you're all said and done, the job only costs you $5,000. You're like, at $5,000, you made a profit. Like literally you got an extra $5,000. You could always give the customer money back at the end of the job if you really wanted to. Better than that is like you can do something to help your brand, help your company in marketing and give them a beautiful bottle of wine or send them out to a nice restaurant or send them some apparel or do something, you know, like a gift. That kind of stuff goes a long, long way. I'd rather send a $500 gift, you know, to a client than to give them $500 off because it's a better reward. They remember you more. They feel good about it. You feel good about it. Everyone wins, you know. 
that you should have that built into your market, your uh, costs anyways, you know, your, your gifts and stuff like that should be built into your, your costs so that you can do that. I'm just making the, I just want to make the point that if you're still scared to death about charging the right amount of money and you just feel obligated, you can always give them money back. It's always easier to give money back. You can't ever get more. Listen, I'm going to leave the challenge out there. If it look, I know, I know the reason I know this so well is because I did it for so many years and I lost so much money by this one stupid thing negotiating against yourself. So my challenge to you, if you're still listening right now, is the next time you're in that position and you're going to knock $1,000 off, I want you to add the 1000 instead. That's my challenge to you. If you're caught in this wheel, the only way to break out is to really, really break out. You got to break your mindset. Absolutely. Break your mindset, quit uh, bidding against yourself, and uh, guys, just keep at it. Don't stop. Keep doing it. And uh, Eric, take us out of here. Thank you so much for catching the podcast with us today. We appreciate your attention. Please do us a favor and rate and review the podcast. It always means a lot to us. Listen, I'm going to go in for a different ask today because I know this hit so hard with us, Brad and I personally, and it, it really means a lot to us to try and get contractors to break out of this. It's really, really important to us. And uh, we would love it if you would share this with contractor friends with you. Share the Hammer Grind podcast. We're doing our best to try and give you value and help you break your mindset. And uh, if you want to learn more and, and uh, work on some coaching with Brad and I, we want you to, we would love to invite you into the Profit Club. You can find more out about that by jumping on over to hammerandgrind.com and uh, searching around and you'll see the Profit Club and we'll hope to see you on the inside of our mastermind on Facebook.